Football is around the corner, and we are ramping it up over here on the Ringer NFL feed in the month of August. Every week, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you not one, but two extra point takens. That's right, double the trouble as we predict, debate, and analyze our way through camp and the preseason every Monday and Friday. But that is not all. Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Wednesday. We'll talk about everything in the world of the NFL. And who knows, maybe Steven will even have something nice to say about your favorite squad. Though, frankly, I wouldn't count on it. Subscribe to The Ringer NFL Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow The Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Ringer NFL. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly, Craig Horowick, and we have our updated rankings at fantasyfootball.com. Top 200 players, upsets, downsets, bottom line for everyone. I, it's beautiful. Please go. You can check it on your phone. I feel like fantasy rankings don't really look good on your phone. We made them look good on your—not us, other people who are good at their jobs. Fantasyfootball.thru.com. Please go there. Training camps are now open. Been open for a couple weeks. Guys got pads on. They're hitting. They had the Hall of Fame game last week. Preseason games coming up this week. There's a lot of hype. Happening. It's now, yeah, overreactions to like a guy making a one-handed catch against air, and everyone's like, they just add the little emoji <laughs> of the stock going up. Yeah, there's actually videos on. There's a <laughs> lot of videos online, and I actually kind of understand why Hyphens hates this, but of literally a guy just running a route against no defense, and they're like, oh, look at this throw, like, and it's like Elijah cat. Moore is a problem. <laughs> it's <laughs> literally, they're warming up. They're not even playing football. Get me out there. I'd look good against no one. <laughs> Irresponsible, reckless, and sometimes unprofessional the way that people hype up these guys without anyone defending them or pads. Having said that, we're going to do that for the next like 40 minutes. So hell yeah. Um, all you need to remember about training camp and preseason, as we're saying here, is here's how training camp works. It's extremely valuable information if it confirms your prior beliefs <laughs> and what you already think to be true. And anything contrary to what you believe that you see or come across, well, who cares? It's just preseason or training camp. Right. Exactly. This is the time to confirm your priors, and that's all. Also, injuries matter. That's about it. Yeah. Because I mean, we're not here to learn things, right? We're here to just be proved right. That's, that's <laughs> I, the I actually goal. really love preseason victory lapping. It's the funnest. <laughs> <laughs> God. All right, with news first. Okay, so Saints running back Alvin Kamara suspended for three games after an investigation into his role in a fight in Las Vegas last year. And this is not a surprise. We basically knew he was going to get suspended. Question was two, four games, split the difference at three. We've had him ranked as if he's going to get suspended. Kamara's kind of been in Glansburg this year. We haven't really talked about him a lot, kind of because we didn't know how many games he was going to get. Right, right after this news came out, you know Benjamin, their four-string running back, also tore his Achilles. So now the Saints basically just have Jamal Williams and Kendry Miller, the rookie out of TCU at running back, for at least the first few games of the year. And then with the Saints down to two people at running back, the Saints brought Kareem Hunt in for a workout. We'll see if they actually sign him or not. I feel like probably not. We'll see. Uh, we have Kamara ranked 73rd overall. He's our 27th running back. He's like right behind DeAndre Swift on Philly which feels about right. Zeke, how do you feel about Alvin Kamara this year? Uh, I'm starting to get more excited about him, to be honest. I thought, so I, I had ranked him very conservatively as if he was going to get six games. And yeah, me too. just kind of like hoping it was less than that. To me, this was actually, in terms of fantasy, obviously a very good development for Alvin Kamara. And, and after this, I think I'm probably going to be moving him up quite a bit. Um, paired with the fact that, based on what we're hearing out of training camp, um, 
that he's looking really good. He's kind of looking explosive again. And this could be a really big bounce back year for him. And, and the fact that he's only missing three games is, is not really that big of a concern. Yeah, and look, he, he just turned 28 years old. And last year, he it was easily his worst year, but he was banged up. And he, he basically did what Alvin Kamara never does, which is he didn't score any touchdowns. He's mm. pretty much averaging like one touchdown a game for the first five years of his career, four years of his career. And then last year, he only had four touchdowns. And so the offense was kind of a mess. It was mostly Andy Dalton and a little bit of James Winston and Taysom Hill sprinkled in. But now with Derek Carr in there, and if Alvin Kamara comes in after three games healthy, I, I think it's reasonable to assume he could just pop right back into a top 10 mode because when Alvin Kamara is right, he is still, in my opinion, a top five running back in the league. Absolutely. I can't decide because I'm so torn on this. On one hand, Alvin Kamara was basically just the most efficient player like ever. Cause basically he was elite when Drew Brees and Sean Payton were together. Like Kamara's first four seasons, Alvin Kamara scored a touchdown basically every single game, like he 60 games and had, and had 82 catches every year. Every two, every year, 82 catches, and this, I, I, 60 games, 58 touchdowns when Drew Brees was there. Drew Brees leaves since then, instead of scoring a touchdown every game, Alvin Kamara scores a touchdown every other game, which doesn't actually sound bad, but it's a 50% drop. And so it's like, well, and last year he actually, among, uh, I think backs with the 25 running backs that had 300 or more carries the past two years, Kamara was dead last in like rushing yards over expectation. So I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. he's dust. On the other hand, I don't know, man. He had a rib injury in week one. Like, he had a rib injury in week one. Oh, no wonder he wasn't efficient. The team was a mess. And I'm like, I don't know. Derek Carr, Andy Dalton, I should think was solid for the Saints, but I think Derek Carr is going to be better. Derek Carr was pretty solid for the Raiders last year. I don't know. I look at this and I'm like, we maybe we're too automatic trying to write off running backs just because they've crossed an age threshold. The Saints, like, for all the running back stuff, the Saints are still borrowing money from Alvin Kamara's contract. Like, every other running back's taking pay cuts. The Saints are giving Kamara money up front. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of like, I don't know if they necessarily have plans to move on from him. Also, his type of game could age a little bit better than most running backs because he's not just slamming into the offensive line. You know, he's not getting tackled hard. He's out in space. He's being utilized as a pass catcher more than, uh, you know, as like a every down type of grinder type player. And so, um, yeah, I mean, his, his game has potential to last a little bit longer in the NFL than some of the other guys. And I think Derek Carr's, not as bad as people think. I think Derek Carr is like a very, very competent quarterback and can do enough to make this offense underrated in fantasy. So how high should we move Kamara up? Because we had him, uh, is he, would you rather have, I mean, David Montgomery's kind of sitting right there. Would you take David Montgomery or Alvin Kamara? I think Kamara should probably surpass Montgomery. Alvin like Kamara. Like a top 60 yeah. player. Alex, Alexander Madison or Kamara? Kamara for me. Kamara. Yeah. I'd have him over James Conner. What if his name was boring? Like, I don't know, David Montgomery. How much of it's just because Kamara was good in the past? I mean, I think he should be with, I think he should be with the, the Damian Pierce, Cam Akers, Miles Sanders. You could even talk me into above all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. But because he's missing three games, I think he's, I think he's right in that like 40 ish range overall. What do you guys think? I think fifties, but you're spiritually right. I think that I, I actually think he's like the running back version of Deandre Hopkins where you're mm. like, at some point, you're like, how would I stop overthinking how old this person is and just take this guy that like two years ago was a top 20 player, period. Also, he's not that old. He he turned 28 like a week ago. <laughs> That's pretty old. Craig turns 29 one time and he's like, 28's not old for a running back. It's fine. <laughs> Plenty of years left. He's wiser. Well, he's probably not. Yeah, I think that was the original problem, actually, with the whole <laughs> yeah. suspension thing. I was going to say, Nick Underhill, who runs New Orleans.Football, uh, has been singing... Alvin Kamara's praises the last couple of days says he's more explosive than he had been last year. I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I, I feel like he's going to be surprisingly effective, surprisingly efficient after just being really crappy last year for whatever reason, probably injury related, honestly. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm getting excited about Kamara again. And I think this news that he's only suspended for three games is huge for him. All right. While we're on injury updates, I just want to say Cooper cup last we had recorded Cooper cup had a hamstring injury, but we didn't know how bad it was. Uh, they're now saying Cooper Cup's just day-to-day. -day. Sean McVay said they're actually aiming to have Cooper Cup back at the joint practices the Rams have with the Raiders in a couple weeks. I feel better now, so I actually moved Cooper Cup down because at the end of the day, why am I taking the only player in the first round who was like injured last year and injured this year? That seems like a weird... But now if he's actually... Come, I feel like week one's fine now. Move Cooper Cup back up. Yeah, I just would like to say I'm definitely going to draft Cooper Cup this year. It goes against everything I, I like believed in, but I'm kind of trying to change my philosophy. I actually am now like, you know what? He's going to be at a discount because of this weird offseason injury and the fact that he's 30. But yeah. I don't care about any of that. He's like, like an absolute. I was just listening to St Stefania Bell 
who works for ESPN talk about Cooper Cup and how much of a health psycho he is and just like how dedicated he is to recovery and learning about his body. And I'm all in on those guys. I, it's crazy how me getting close to 30 has changed my opinion on people who are 30, but it actually has. When Craig was 25, he's like, I just want young guys. I want all the young running backs, old guys, Derek Henry, never. I was like the Leonardo DiCaprio of fantasy football when I was in my mid twenties. And I, I've just completely changed. You know, I've matured. Now you're Keanu Reeves. You're the only guy in Hollywood dating, dating an age appropriate woman. That's right. And Hugh Jackman. <laughs> I believe Hugh Jackman's wife is like 10 years older than him. So you're, this yeah. is the year for you and Derek Henry and Kelsey, Alvin Kamara. We yeah, should do that. We should it. just at some point, you know how easy it would be to have the old team of just like Kelsey. Uh, you could have DeAndre Hopkins. You could have Kamara. You could have DeAndre, like, you know what I mean? They could pretty easily just have the all-star team from like three years James ago. Connor. Just see what happens. The, the, yeah, the Cougar Club. Like the best. Yeah, the Cougars. Yeah, fantasy Cougars. Like, we should write that down. Okay. Quarterback camp battles. I feel like there's actually a few and we're not, they're not actually cool. So we haven't really been talking about them, but so just, I feel like there's like four situations in particular where there's been either should be attention or there hasn't been, I don't know. It's all kind of backward this year. DK want to lead us off with our cult, cult leader, Brock Purdy. You know, obviously during the off season, we've been wondering what's going on with the 49ers quarterback situation. They brought back, uh, or sorry, they signed Sam Darnold. Trey Lance is still there. And of course, Brock Purdy, who was the hero of the team last year is coming off of a UCL injury on his shoulder, or sorry, on his elbow. And we really didn't know what was going on with that. Turns out he's fine. Like, it, it's looking like he's going to be <laughs> completely fine. He's, he's, uh, he's all good. Yeah, he's good. I mean, you know why? It looked bad. <laughs> That's right. Um, he, and it was fine. He is, quote unquote, like ahead of schedule. Uh, I think they're still giving him a rest day every third day, but everything is, everything is going according to their plan, apparently. And, um, you know, he's looking good. He's throwing the ball. And according to Dan Graziano, he is uh, like the starter for them going into the season. He's um, there's he yeah, says there's no question. Over. The plan is pretty to start as long as he's healthy. I agree. I think that this entire thing's over. This is one <laughs> of the all time like bag fumblings by Trey Lance. Yeah, it's it's 100%. really, really tough. What sucks because it's not completely his fault. Like he got hurt yeah, and then he lost his job, which shouldn't happen, but it did. But third pick in the draft, and this Mr. Irrelevant comes in, wins six straight games, and then nearly requires Tommy John surgery, and it's still not even a debate who's starting week one. <laughs> if anything, Sam Darnold has way more hype right now <laughs> than Trey Lance does. It's like, Did you see so that quote? Bad. That quote, I, I think you sent it to us, that quote of uh, Shanahan just like professing his love for the toughness of Brock Purdy and how he played in that oh playoff God. game. You're like, after reading that, you're like, man, Trey Lance should should like move to Canada. Like it's completely <laughs> over. Kyle Shannon basically just, the the quote was basically him showing up to Brock Purdy's house with a boom box while he was having, you know, this <laughs> elbow procedure, just being like, please, Brock, come back. And mean, dude, Trey, oh, yeah. by the way, meanwhile, he's talking about Sam Darnold like he's Steve Young. He compared Sam Darnold to Steve Young. You know, starting kind of like because Steve Young didn't become a starter until he's like 29 years old. He was a yeah. very late bloomer, uh, but obviously a very physically talented guy. And so I think that was kind of the connection. But it's just hilarious because they clearly love well, Purdy and he's comparing Sam Darnold to freaking Steve Young. And there's not a peep about Trey Lance. Well, that's not that's also not like a light comparison. I mean, Mike Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for the 49ers when Steve Young was the quarterback. Yeah. So like. Kyle Shannon was like actually like there. Trey Lance just <laughs> needs to get traded. Just trade him. Get it over with. All right. So that one's over, even though that one's gotten the attention. But the other ones, I think the other, the most interesting was the Colts. Anthony Richardson, who was the fourth pick in the draft, as DK said over and over. The most athletic quarterback prospect ever. The guy who won voice of butter Anthony Richardson has. Anthony Richardson calls himself Cam Jackson because mm. his game is a mix of Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson. He's created in a lab to play football. I think at this point he's going to start in week one. Yeah. And more importantly, it's not arbitrary, but if he doesn't, he will be playing, I think, by like week three or yeah. four. Like it's even if it's not week one, it's going to be like a matter of time. Gardner Minch is the other guy in Indianapolis, but Shane Steichen is the offensive coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles last year. He's the coach of the Eagles. And I, I think Anthony Richardson, whether it's week one, two, it's going to be low single digits. And at that point, it's like, where do we even take Anthony Richardson? Like, you know, if, we're, if we think it's September, like, I, I love Daniel Jones. I mean, should we be taking Daniel Jones over Anthony Richardson? Like, I don't know. Dak Prescott, really going to take Dak Prescott over Anthony Richardson? 
Uh, the Heifetz, you're going to love this because this was exactly what we were talking about earlier. There was just a warm-up video. They're literally warming up, tossing the ball around to receivers. And I'm talking about Anthony Richardson uh, and Gardner Minshew. And literally right next to each other and throwing to the opposite sides of the field. So it's like gives you a good just comparison. <laughs> a literal warm-up? Yeah. Like pitches throwing soft Exactly. Ups. And uh, people were freaking out because Anthony Richardson. And honestly, it was pretty impressive. Like just the way, just the velocity <laughs> difference between Minshew and Richardson. It's like... Minshew probably decided to throw like a change up that, that particular throw. Uh, but it's going to maybe like hurt his, uh, you know, hurt his chances of being the starters because Richardson threw like this 95 mile an hour fastball to the receiver. And Minshew just kind of like lobbed it. But it's, it's like just such a huge contrast. It's insane. The caption's like Anthony Richardson, QB one season loading. <laughs> They're warming up. The irony is that like, <laughs> remember we were talking about Josh Allen earlier in his career. They were like, he doesn't have a catchable ball. My hands hurt. And then someone asked Anthony Richardson that at the combine. He's like, well, catch better. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It also looks like a lot of these rookie quarterbacks are going to play like the entire preseason. CJ Stroud. It looks like he's going to start the first game. Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young. They're all going to be out there for, for the first preseason game, which is, which is fun. With an owner like Jim say, do you think there's any world in which like Minshew's the starter week one? I don't to me it's like this is a huge just stupid charade. They're of course they're gonna start Anthony Richardson week one. Well, I think I agree. yeah, I mean I I, I don't Ursay's a like a wild guy, but I think that's I, I think pretending to predict like what Jim Ursay thinks is a fool's errand. Like I think if <laughs> Shane Steichen's like, hey Jim, can we wait like three weeks? What's he gonna say? Like, no, we got to get his butt, people's butts in seats. Like, yeah, I kind of feel like he is going to say that. Hyping him up now yeah. if that was I actually agree with DK. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to he say that. <laughs> okay, but they're not But they're not doing it. The, you know who's trying to sell tickets? The Jets. That's why the Jets have hard knocks, and that's why the Jets, like, did the trade when they did. did. The, like, Jets the Jets get, like, trying into hard knocks? to sell tickets. I don't think the Jets wanted to do hard knocks. I think they were forced to. Well, the players... Well, it's up to Woody Johnson. Though. No, I, mean, I don't think it. Coaches I thought it, may not. I thought there was a group of 10 teams that were eligible to play and none of them said yes. And then, yeah. so the NFL then chose the Jets against their will. Yeah. I think, that's I think it was happened. a combo of that, but also Netflix doing this show definitely, I mean, lit a fire under hard knocks to have like a better product. And Rogers is definitely like the best storyline, but also I, the Jets are very much trying to sell an increased season ticket packages and all that stuff. And that was a cherry on top for the Rogers deal. But I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is even week one, two, three, whatever. Ian Hart had said a great stat at Fantasy Life. There have been 20 instances where a quarterback had 100 carries in a season, like a quarterback having 100 carries. 13 of those 20 quarterbacks were a top six fantasy quarterback Woo. that year. 13. So more than half the guys who got 100 carries. 20 quarterbacks who got 100 carries. Half the top 20 were a top three quarterback. So it's like, obviously, Richardson is probably the lower end of those because his passing probably isn't great. But the point is, Ian Harditz was like, no one's finished worse than quarterback 17. Like, no one's been worse yeah. than his top 17 quarterback. And Richardson, like, you can kind of get him for that. So I'm like, I don't know. I look at this big, big tier of Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Tua, you can put him in there. He probably has higher upside, but more injury risk. I kind of look at all those guys the same, and I'm like, there's only one Anthony Richardson. Like, you can get Richardson and pair him with Rodgers. Just, is it weird? Is it kind of crazy for me to be like, yeah, draft, draft your backup first? That's basically what I'm saying. Maybe that's an insane thought. But, like... Take Richardson and then Kirk Cousins if you have to, or take Kirk Cousins and then like wait for Richardson. If he plays 17 games, which, okay, maybe let's say 15 games. If he plays 15 games to get to 100 rushes, that's like six a game. That's nothing. That's not even that high of a bar. It's, so basically what, what we're saying is if he does six plus rushes a game, he's like almost guaranteed to be like a top 12 quarterback, maybe even higher. I mean, because you said the lowest guy, lowest finisher was QB 17. I don't see that happening because I think he's going to run more and he's way more talented as a runner. Uh, than, you know, basically most guys. I'd say Lamar is probably the best runner at quarterback. Richardson could legitimately come in and be the second best runner at quarterback right away. Yeah, I mean, j just for a reference of how kind of little 100 carries is, like Joe Burrow had 75 rushes last year. Yeah. And most of that's scrambling. And I, yeah. and I think, you know, obviously uh, we'll have to wait and see, but I think that they're going to involve uh, Anthony Richardson a lot in the designed run game. In addition to, I'm guessing he's going to scramble a lot as well. So... Uh, it, to me, this feels like a low bar and there's just tons and tons of ceiling. So this is why I've been touting him the whole off season. I do think he's going to end up starting early in the season. I'd be surprised if he wasn't the week one starter, um, just because of all the dynamics in that team, especially Jim Mercer. I don't know. I just think it's going to happen. All right. Other quarterback issues here. We got Sam Howell with Washington. 
it's Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett there. It seems like it's going to be Sam Howell. I, I feel like Washington doesn't actually want a quarterback competition. But Sam Howell isn't really running away with the job. I think they wanted him to do better than he's doing. And it's a combo. Sam Howell was a fifth rounder for a reason. He's like a little spunky, but we're probably <laughs> talking Sam Howell up because he's a fifth rounder. But if he was a second or a first rounder, we'd be like, I don't know about this guy. Um, the other problem is the Washington offense can't really practice because the first team defense is destroying them. Like the offensive line is getting wrecked by the defensive line to the point where the offense has to practice against the backups on defense to get their offense like ex- to actually practice. So they can't get anything done which that's a bad sign. I know Washington's four first rounders, but you know, that's not good. So it's a top bottom five offensive line with a bottom five quarterback. And I think we should probably lower expectations. Maybe I think we love Jahan Dotson. I'm maybe a little afraid that this will still be a prayer yard situation, but yeah. overall bad vibes. This team is definitely the, I have the worst fucking attorneys team belt winner this year. Oh yeah. They also, they had the most attorneys too. You know how many <laughs> lawyers you need to have a $6 billion settlement while you're getting investigated by two different congressional bodies. Yeah. Hi, but you coined the, I think you coined the term wish casting, even if it was an accident, but I think we are wish casting with Washington more than any other team in terms of, we like all the skill players, but the offense actually might be a disaster. I think Howell is still a good sleeper though. Like assuming he wins a starting job. Cause right now it's, it sounds like he's taking the vast, vast majority of the first team snaps in these practices. This offense could still be bad. He could be a pretty mediocre to downright terrible passer and the way that he scrambles and how much he runs. But when you say sleeper, when you say sleeper, yeah. are you saying Sam Howell be a sleeper isn't like if he has a good week one or two, you pick him up in a one quarterback league? Were you saying like yeah. he's a good dart throw second quarterback or like a upside third quarterback if you're in a super flex league? Because I don't think you need to draft Sam Howell if you're in a one quarterback league. Yeah, I mean, he's a whatever you said, the second one, the dart throw, second quarterback, see what happens in week one or pick him up after week one. It's definitely not a guy that you should go into the season depending on as your QB one, because again, we don't exactly know if he's going to be the starter even. Um, But that being said, like stylistically, he strikes me as a poor man's version of like what we're looking with for with Anthony Richardson in terms of just running a lot. (laughs) You know, they're very different, obviously, as quarterbacks, but... Yeah, congrats to Anthony. Congrats to Sam Howell for being compared to Anthony Richardson for the first and only time in his life. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, stylistically, he's gonna. I think he's gonna scramble a ton if he is the starter. So it's like the Daniel. To me, it's closer to like a Daniel Jones. Like he's probably gonna have a um, mediocre passing line. Probably not a lot of passing touchdowns, but running a lot. Yeah, here's the difference. He's not gonna be running by choice. You know. <laughs> he's running for his life. Anthony Richardson's gonna run because he's good. Sam Howell's gonna run to not die. Right. Okay. Next up here, we got the Buccaneers, which Baker Mayfield versus Kyle Trask. Uh, I learned earlier this year that if you text, you try to write Kyle Trask in your iPhone, it autocorrects to trash. And Tough. all you need to know about this is I thought Baker may, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that in a mean way. It's like literally a fact. Like that's a fact. Baker Mayfield, I thought would run this, win this job running away. All reports are basically saying Kyle Trask has straight up outplayed Baker Mayfield so far. Baker's not even getting starting money. He's getting 4 million bucks. And it, they already, we've already come out. Baker is going to start the first preseason game. Kyle Trask is going to start the second. Oh, interesting. Game. Okay. And it seems like this is a real competition. And it seems like it, like Trask is doing everything he needs to do to win. So he has to keep, he, has, he needs a good month, but it's looking that way right now. This is going to be fascinating. Uh, Trask, he was not a particularly good prospect. However, I will say, when he came out of Florida, his last year at Florida, he passed for 4,300 yards, 43 touchdowns, and eight picks at almost 10 yards per attempt. Uh, he was throwing passes to Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony, our two favorite players on this podcast. Um, so that was helpful for him. And he's not, he's definitely not a mobile type guy. He's not going to do anything with his legs. He's basically Jared Goffian in terms of like his mobility. Uh, but at least in college, he was willing to like chuck it deep. Give his player, give his like playmakers a chance to make plays. Um, in his very limited amount of like mop up duty and, and stuff, he's made a couple of pretty impressive throws. I'm not hyping him up, but I think it is actually <laughs> maybe are, more interesting. You are hyping him up. That is, what I'm you're talking doing. myself into him. Is what I'm doing. Uh, I don't want to watch Baker Mayfield anymore, really. DK just hypes a guy up for 60 seconds in a row and is like, I'm not hyping him up, but he sat behind Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback ever for two years <laughs> after 5,000 yards in Florida, but I'm not hyping him up. Just saying. I'm just saying. 
But speaking of um, referencing kind of just p- perhaps irrelevant college stats and projecting them in the NFL. So th- this next guy we want to talk about here is a guy named Clayton Toon, who might yeah. be the starting quarterback on the Arizona Cardinals ahead of Colt McCoy, who's been resting his arm because he's an old man and he, and he needs to rest it from arm fatigue, I guess. But Clayton Toon <laughs> is a man I hadn't heard of until three days ago. If you, Clayton Toon went to Clayton Hoon? <laughs> oh. Clayton Hoon? Clayton Toon. Toon, that is. Looney Tunes uh, went to Houston for, for, for five years. He was in college. But senior year, DK, or his super senior year, 40 touchdowns, 10 picks. Is this yeah. guy the truth? I don't. He, okay. also, he also ran no. for 500 yards and five touchdowns. DK. Okay. Yeah, this is what I was going to say. So Heifetz wanted us to do a two truths and a lie about Clayton Toon since, or since Craig literally said, I've just heard about this man for the first time three days ago. So here's three, here's three, two facts and one untruth about Clayton Toon. You guys have to pick which one it is. Two facts and one untruth. (laughs) Two truths and a lie. Okay. (laughs) We've been doing this for like two years. Did you just have a stroke? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like trying to change the name of Twitter to X. Have you guys seen? You can't retweet anymore. Now it's repost. (laughs) This man. Oh my god. Anyway, what? What does that have to do with anything? You're talking about how I'm changing our branding. We've been doing this for like two years now, and I completely changed the name of the game to two two facts and an untruth. I like two facts and an untruth. Let's put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> two truths and a lie about Clayton Toon. Here we go. Ready? Okay. Uh, he had the same PFF passing grade last year as Bryce Young, which is 91.3. He ranked third in the college football uh, in, in all of college football and passing touchdowns with 40 behind only Caleb Williams and CJ Stroud. And he was, he led the team in rushing. That's one fact. And then third, he was the senior bowl MVP. <laughs> Wait. So the middle fact is that he's third all time in touchdowns and led the team in rushing. He, he ranked third in college football in, in passing touchdowns and he led the team in rushing. And then the last one is he was the MVP of the senior bowl. Yeah. Um, I think the first one is fake. Heifetz? I think so, too. Nope. You guys are both wrong. He did have the same passing grade, according to PFF, as Bryce Young last year, who, by the way, was the first overall pick. Uh, And he was not the Senior Bowl MVP. That was Jake Hayner. Ah, Jake Hayner. Uh, Fresno? He's in the Super Senior Bowl with Stetson Bennett. Yeah. So anyways, bottom line, like obviously the underlying metrics for this guy are really impressive. He was, he was, you know, he passed for a ton of yards, ton of touchdowns. They played in this spread out air raid offense, um, which is, I think kind of, you know, they're not too dissimilar to, he's not very dissimilar to uh, Kyle Trask, like stylistically, not, not super mobile. Doesn't make a ton of plays on the move. Um, or, I mean, he is pretty athletic, but he's, he's more just like a pocket guy, throw the ball up, let his playmakers do the thing, do their thing and, and hope for the best. Um, decision-making, maybe not the greatest, but I don't know. There is legitimately a chance he could be their starter week one. He could be the Cardinal starter because uh, Colt McCoy, you know, he's just not going to, he's like irrelevant at this point. Like maybe he'll be the, he'll, maybe he'll be the starter for the first few games when um, Kyler Murray's out, but he's not going to be like elevating them whatsoever. But also McCoy, he's like having a rotate. He's had arm strength issue. Like they're resting his arm. They're load managing his arm, which, you know, yeah. is an awesome. I love the NFL and college football. None of it makes any sense. This guy is like <laughs> had an incredible year, a historic season. He goes in the fifth round. Yeah. No one gives a shit just because why he's like not super mobile. Explain to me why this guy was a, a late fifth round pick. I don't really know, honestly. Like he probably <laughs> should have gone a little higher to be totally honest. I mean, just based on he's not small. He's like, I think he's pretty tall, like six. He's six, six three, two twenty. That's like yeah, a perfect like size. The right size. And it's, you know, what what round did uh Kyle Trask go? I think Kyle Trask was a second rounder. I'll, I'll look it up. Um he was the last pick of the second round. Yeah. So sixty fourth. I think that's third I mean, rounder spiritually. I'm, stylistically similarities there. I think he probably should have been a second rounder, but then the NFL has like really changed the last couple of years. Like we saw, you know, in the 2022 draft, all the guys fell way, way further than anyone was expecting. You know, there were people thought that Malik Willis was going to be a first rounder. There's a lot of people that thought uh, Sam Howell was going to be like a second rounder and he fell to the fifth round too. So I don't know. It's just kind of a, there's been a little bit of a paradigm change in the NFL when it comes to drafting quarterbacks. I don't know why exactly, but and, and again, I'm actually not hyping up Clayton Toon. I'm, I'm, I feel the same way I do about him with Kyle Trask. Is like I'll just be kind of interested to see how this all goes. I don't think that they have like high level starter traits necessarily, but 
it's hard to ignore what these two guys both did in college in terms of their numbers. Oh, I don't, I don't know what to say. <laughs> He's, this makes it interesting. We're going to watch the preseason, Craig. Let's do this. Uh, babe, sorry, I can't go to dinner tonight. I Clayton Tunes playing. <laughs> Looney Tunes. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. NFL futures are out, and now's the time to get in on the action early this season because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. I love, weirdly, the NFC South has... Like the Wild West, they're all, they have the easiest schedule in the league. I swear, I think the Falcons could win the division or the Saints. And I just, I don't know. It's like over on their win total. That's really easy schedule this year. Go to the FanDuel Sportsbook app to find more options. Tons of different player props, passing yards, touchdowns, rushing, receiving totals. There's team markets. Who's going to make the playoffs? Who's going to win the division? Super Bowl matchups. And you can parlay together different picks for even bigger payouts. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Ringer Fantasy to join today. There's no better place to get ready for the football season than on FanDuel, America's number one sports book and official sports betting partner of the NFL. So don't miss your chance to get $1,000 in bonus bets back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Go to FanDuel.com slash Ringer Fantasy to sign up today. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.findle.com. Let's get to some true uh, irresponsible hype for some rising players. Okay. Yeah. Craig, you want to start out? Just, just Just get some irresponsible hype going. Also, at some point, we should like make up something that tries to get hype going, but we should figure that out later. Um, I've said this before on podcasts in the last few weeks. If you are considering drafting George Pickens, just Google George Pickens highlights and you will be convinced. He has one every day that he is a top 10 receiver in the league. He had another ridiculous one-handed catch in training camp like a week ago. Uh, some like deep ball, high contested. He's like falling over the defender, reaches back with his right arm, reels it in. And I don't know what else to say. I, I'm, I'm on the train. We're running out of tickets on the train. <laughs> if, if DM me if you want a ticket. Be on the right side of history. Heifetz <laughs> oh doesn't know what to say. I'm I'm on board with you, Craig. Heifetz. As I've said before. What how what can you say? I mean, look, uh, is he going to be good for fantasy? Probably not. Is he really good <laughs> in real life? Yes, he is. I think the most oh like underrated thing we ever ask ourselves about fantasy is like is this guy fun or not frankly i i think that there's so much numbers and shit that goes into this we sometimes forget to ask is it fun to watch this person play football um dude george pickens for like first ballot for the year of 2023 like i just it reminds me of like calvin johnson when it's like i cannot describe to you what it felt like to watch calvin johnson play football and be like that guy's on my team and like i think patrick mahomes is like that now where it's like, you just get to root for Patrick Mahomes. Like, you know what? It's fun. Especially if teams that can make playoffs. George Pickens, like, when you get, like, the ESPN alert from, like, not fantasy, but, like, actual ESPN that's like, hey, look at what George Pickens did. You're like, oh, my God. That guy's on my team. Like, if, if there was a look what this player just did power rankings of wide receivers, the first, like, five are all top five receivers in the league, and then it's George Pickens. It's like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, and then it's Pickens. You can already see the new red zone on YouTube TV. It's going to be like, look at George Pickens. You'll never believe this one. So there's a 
thought. I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do with Pickens because Craig, like you were saying, he might not even be that good in fantasy because he, at least last year, didn't earn targets at a very high rate. And when we, when I say that, I'm saying, I'm saying it was a little skepticism because I don't know the exact science of earning targets. Like, is that actually a thing? It, it, you know, historically, if you go back, like receivers generally earn targets or they're just not going to earn targets. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they limited Kenny Pickett because they right. were just sending George Pickett's deep essentially on every single play. And Kenny Pickett was checking down to Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth for most of the season. And look, that and, and it reports out of Steelers camp are once again that they're going to be a really run-heavy run heavy team. So I don't think you can expect eight, nine targets a game for George Pickens, unfortunately. If he got those, I think he could have been a top 20 receiver. But it's going to be a lot of fun highlights and a lot of deep balls that he comes down with. But unfortunately, I don't think that's going to translate to high fantasy uh, you know, value unless there are some drastic changes and he's truly generational and they literally can't yeah. afford not to throw to him. That's that's what I was kind of getting to is, is when you see him make these plays, when you see him make these catches, the first thing that comes to my mind is like, maybe throw him the fucking ball more. You know what I mean? Like give him more chances. <laughs> um, and that's what I was getting at with like the quote unquote earning targets thing is like, we, we know in this offense, he was very, he was asked to just run these vertical clear out routes. Like, a lot of the time. Like that was like a huge part of what he did last year. Um, and so my question is like, is that his fault? Cause he can't get open. Otherwise he can't run an in breaking route or is it just like more of a variable? This is the type of offense they want to run. And they were limiting their, their rookie quarterback, trying not to get him to throw too many picks. Cause if you remember when Kenny Pickett first started, he came in and threw like six picks in the first like two games. And, it, and some of them were not his fault. There's like deflections and things like that. But maybe, you know, after that horrid start, they were like, okay, hold on. We just don't want to like lose his confidence. We don't want to get everybody turning against him. I don't know. Maybe these, maybe there's just a bunch of variables that are a clouding how good George Pickens is. I guess I'm trying to create a narrative in which I, which in which he in year two has like a way higher target rate and just basically like lives up to some of the expectations. The narrative I think is simple. We've talked about this. The Steelers put the bumpers up on the bowling lane for Kenny Pickett because he came into the season and they played. Think about these defenses. These are Kenny Pickett's yeah. first live action in the NFL. Jets with their defense last year. Bills, Tampa Bay, who still had like eight of their Super Bowl starters. The, the Dolphins, who were the easiest team they played. The Eagles, who made the Super Bowl. The Saints, whose defense is really good. The Bengals, who almost made the Super Bowl. Like, that was the first yeah. stretch. Like, they, they were like, yeah, you're not going to get to run a real offense. So I think Pickett's is... Dude, if we're t if you believe in the concept of betting on talent, bet on Pickens. Speaking of which, all right, well, Craig gets to plug his team. Darren Waller, <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm letting love into my heart. I'm learning to I'm learning to love again. I think it's really simple. I think Darren Waller will be a top five tight end every single week he plays, and I don't know how much he's going to play. I'll just tell you the truth. Like I don't freaking know. Like I we moved him up in our rankings. We move. Where, where is he actually after our latest update? We have him as the tight end. Seven, which feels way too low, way too low. Uh, right now we have uh, obviously Travis Kelsey first, Mark Andrews second, TJ Hawkinson third, Kittle fourth, Goddard fifth, Kyle Pitts sixth, and then Darren Waller seventh. He, I, he should be above. I have Goddard. decided to stop and being Pitts. afraid. Yeah, and, and Pitts. I, I realized I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, I was too afraid because at the end of the day, Darren Waller is like 31. Has had two healthy seasons in his name, and I was. I think I was too afraid that he's going to get hurt. And I'm more opening my heart to, as your buddy Scott Barrett's mentioned at Fantasy Points, the importance of just having a freaking dominant player. And sometimes they're just staring you in the face of like, if you're not going to get Kelsey early, just having the player who actually can be number two, but you didn't pay for it. And like, who are the tight ends that could actually be the number one option on their team? Travis Kelsey, obviously. Mark Andrews, obviously. It's kind of it. It's like not George Kittle. He's like second, third, maybe fourth on the 49ers. <laughs> TJ Hawkinson's like second, maybe third on the Vikings. Dallas Goddard's third on the Eagles. Kyle Pitts is one, if not one A, one B with Drake London. And Darren Waller. Yeah. It's like, it's not close. It's not freaking close. Darren Waller's the number one receiver. He's a receiver. He's huge. He makes all the other receivers look really small. His defenders look small. George Kittle said he was the fastest player at the tight end summit they did in, uh, a, a couple months ago. Like he's the fastest player of all the tight ends who play. And I'm just like, he's the smartest too. The Giants have a bunch of like young players. Darren Waller's already in Brian Dable's offense, like like working with Dable and Daniel Jones to figure out when he can break off routes and like when he, and what he's allowed. Darren Waller's smart enough to break the rules of the offense, which is like that veteran move. I, I just, it's purely how long his hamstrings last. Been seeing a few videos of him at training camp. He wear, he's wearing number 12 now. How do we feel about that? It just looks weird to me. 
It's weird for older players to go with the young people numbers. <laughs> He's wearing number 12. That's just, that's my red flag. But otherwise I agree with everything else. That's your ick? Yeah, that's my ick. Just 12. It just doesn't look, it just looks weird on a tight end. I don't know. Well, Kyle Pitts is what, was one or He's zero? Like one. That one I yeah. get. That one's, that one makes sense to me. Travis Kelsey's 87. Yeah. Just an old guy number. That's old school. <laughs> Darren Waller's like mid having a midlife crisis, so he decided to go with number 12. He bought a Corvette. Darren Waller, I'm ready to move him above Pitts. Like, I think my heart, my beating heart, was afraid to actually think about a world where Darren Waller would be healthy for 17 games. But if he was, I think that he would actually be, like, I think he'd actually, if Darren Waller was healthy for 17 games, I think the only tight end I'd take over him are Kelsey and, and Mark Andrews. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I say we move up Waller like all the way past Pitts into like the mid 60s. And I think I'm totally fine with that. I agree. Um, TK, are there any other uh, hype guys that you kind of are ready to be completely irresponsible about hyping them up? Yeah. So Calvin Ridley is another guy that has, it's like almost daily, it feels like it. He's just getting a lot of hype in training camp every day. It seems like you, you hear him, hear about him running a really sick route or making a really impressive catch, getting a ton of separation. Um, Sports Illustrated beat reporter John Shipley. Um, called him on Sunday, one of the standout performers of the entire roster during the first two weeks of camp. Um, and to me, it's just like, we haven't seen him for two years or most of two years. And so I think there's still some trepidation over, you know, how much he's potentially fallen off or whatever. But this was one of the elite receivers in the NFL before he, um, you know, left the game for a little while. And then obviously he was suspended all of last year. He has the potential to be like a top 10 receiver in in 2023, but I think people are just still a little bit nervous about the fact that he's missed two years. So I think it's really, really promising that he's been one of the standout performers in training camp uh, for the Jags. And he's of course attached to who we think is maybe one of the elite receiver or elite quarterbacks going forward in Trevor Lawrence. So, um, you know, this, there's a lot of, lot to like with him going forward. And he's, he's the type of guy I think who could really outplay where he's getting drafted. Yeah. Is there anything like going against Calvin Ridley other than the fact that he hasn't played in a year and a half? Like, is there any other red flag? Um, I guess he's a little older, but that's, I mean, that's sort of the same thing. He's 28, you know? but he hasn't played yeah. in a year and a half. I can't believe he wears the number zero. Speaking of zero, like, like zero is absolute coolest number you could possibly wear. Yeah. love that. I'm very high on Calvin Ridley this year. And I think he will be creeping up draft boards. Rightfully so. Who else wears number zero? I'm so bad with numbers. I have no idea. Oh, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift's going to wear zero. Oh, did he Eagles. switch? Oh, that's nice. I think Sky, Sky Moore at 24, I still think is the weirdest number. Yeah, that's terrible. Sky Moore looks like a cornerback out there. I don't like it at all. A couple other running backs that um, I feel like of getting hype and we moved up in our rankings. I think just James Cook for the Bills and Javante Williams for the Broncos. I'm just going to lump these guys together. Mm -hmm. But I think James Cook, we were thinking as like a pass catching timeshare role for the Bills. And I actually think he's just going to be like their primary guy and maybe not get goal line stuff. But I kind of think James Cook is... Again, Josh Allen's not exactly captain checkdown. He's more like, oh, no one's open. I'm going to like bowl over a linebacker and then leap of safety. So he's yeah. not really looking for check down like Philip Rivers. But I do think James Cook is just, again, bet on talent. He's good. Good team. Good offense. Don't overthink it. And Javante Williams, I think that, frankly, he's like back at practice earlier than we thought we would. He's back. He's Sean Payton saying that Javante was going to play in the preseason. He'll be ready for week one. Um, so now it's kind of weird because you don't really want to go out of your way to get a running back. That's like coming off these big injuries, but at the same time, like it's pretty cheap. So now him and Samaje P. Ryan, I like P. Ryan, but honestly, Javante Williams being back probably dings P. Ryan a little bit. I don't know if I want to go out of my way to get Javante Williams still, but I think the two of them between Javante being um, on the field now and playing and then James Cook just looking really good. I think between the two of those guys, those are like pretty great options if you can get them like, you know, in the 90s. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Both of those guys strike me as having a ton of potential to like way outplay where you're getting them for sure. Uh, speaking of James Cook, by the way, Dalton Kincaid from uh, the Buffalo Bills has been getting a ton of hype in training camp. Rookie tight end. Rookie tight end, which is always scary, but is he just a slot receiver actually? Like, is are they actually going to ask him to block? Because I think part of, the, part of the reason historically rookie tight ends have struggled so much is because they're essentially having to learn two positions. They're learning, they're, having to learn how to be like an offensive tackle, more or less, um, learn the run game, learn how to block and pass pro, 
And a lot of times teams don't really want to trust those guys to do that. And so a lot of the time, those guys don't end up getting on the field quite as early and it takes them a little bit longer to kind of like acclimate to the pro game. But on the other hand, when it comes to rookie tight ends that are purely just like slot receivers, and Heifetz was talking about this before the show, guy like Evan Ingram, who came into the league, ran a 4-4 at the combine, very undersized, not even, I mean, he's a tight end by designation only. And he had a really good rookie season. And maybe we're going to see more rookie tight ends come in and just play like essentially slot receiver roles in the offense. And that will, you know, make it a little less scary to take a rookie tight end or at least hype up a rookie tight end coming into the year. So, cause I know that like, there's a lot of people that are going to be pushing back against the idea that Dalton Kincaid could do anything as a rookie because rookie tight ends typically don't, but I kind of am getting excited about what Dalton Kincaid can do in this offense. There's a lot of rookie tight end hype right now. There's Dalton Kincaid on Buffalo, Luke Musgrave in Green Bay, and Sam yep. Laporta on the Lions. All seemingly will be the number ones on their team. Yeah. D- uh, DK, if you had to pick one of them to have a significant role on an offense and actually be kind of a relevant fantasy football player, who is it? Mm, I think, so to me, it goes. it comes down to Kincaid versus Laporta. I think right now, it's probably Laporta just because they got Amon Ross St. Brown, and then who else at receiver right now? You know what I mean? Like he could legitimately come in and be the number two pass catching option if you're not counting Jameer Gibbs um, in that offense. I think Kincaid has a few more guys they has to sort of fight off or f- like fight for targets with in terms of Gabe Dave, a couple of other guys in that offense. It's just a little less certain to me, but like Laporta and our guy Ben Solak, he was at uh, Lions camp the other day and he was saying, you know, Laporta's already in there running with the ones, getting a ton of looks. I just think he has the ability to really kind of like surprise people this year. So he's, he's definitely a guy I would take, but I, I, I like Kincaid also. And, and Musgrave already sounds like he's running with the starters. So um, he's another sleeper guy. So you think all of these guys are like worthy of a dart throw late in your Yeah, draft? like it, exactly. Like if you're, if you don't get one of the elite tight ends and you have to kind of like rely on a few late round darts, typically you want to take like two, see if one of them works out two or three <laughs> depends. Um, yeah, I would say pair one of these guys with like, a, I don't even know who off the top of my head, like a Hunter Henry or something like that. A couple of late round guys and, and see if one of them works out. Really just make your whole bench shitty tight ends uh, on your fantasy <laughs> roster and hopefully one sticks. <laughs> Greg Dulcich and then Kincaid or something like Noah that. Noah Fant, Cole Komet, really yeah. loaded up. One of them. Chig, Gerald Chig. Everett. Yeah. Ooh, One's Gerald, bound to work. Actually taking Gerald, Gerald Everett with Kincaid or Laporta, I think that's like, ooh, I like that a lot. That's like a boilermaker. I'll tweak yeah. Laporta. I do think this whole thing is the rest of the development. Like drafting rookie tight ends is always a terrible idea, but it could work for us. But this one actually could work for us because this whole thing was, this was a great tight end class. This was the best tight end class in years. And as Dick has said, like they're not really tight ends. So I think Kincaid and Musgrave are the exceptions because they're not, they're just cosplaying as tight ends. But it, you know, look, it, Generally, people just delu- disillusion themselves or delude themselves into thinking it'll work. I just love the but, idea of you passing up on Mark Andrews because you're like, you know what? I'm going to wait and get some value. And then you kind of just double up and draft Gerald Everett and Sam Laporta thinking that you're going to have a solid season. Uh, you got, I could piece that together for a top five tight end. They and combined they both just for suck. three catches. <laughs> you're miserable every week just digging through the waiver wire trying to find anybody who can catch four balls in a game. But Ben Solak tweeted on August 6th this is this year. This is Laporta's okay. year. I'm ready for it. I watched the video of Jordan Love the other day while we're talking about hype. Um, I think Jordan Love's gonna. I, I know it's not the take birds yet, but I'm I'm just having to talk myself out of Jordan Love. Like Heifetz is all aboard the Jordan Love train. I, I, ca- I kind of got to say maybe this is because this is the only 11-11 I've I've really watched so far this offseason. But Jordan Love looked really good, <laughs> dude. He was ripping it. He was ripping throws across the middle of the field. I was like, hmm, this is kind of interesting. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers. I'm saying he's going to be better than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was kind of just like I was walking down the street. A, a nice smell caught my nose. And I was like, what is that? Oh, a, cute, a nice little bakery over there? That's Jordan Love. Nice little little something caught my nose. <laughs> not bad. Might I'll have to pop in there, try something. I saw this tweet today. I don't know if it's real. I think it's real. The Packers announced that the Stone Temple Pilots and Collective Soul are headlining their kickoff weekend. What the fuck is that combination? Can I be honest with you? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> what is happening in the Midwest? This is like, a, are they opening their, are they kicking off their football season at a casino? Like, what is this? I'm being serious when I say I genuinely don't know what either yeah, of those I, I, Judging are. by Heifetz's like, non-response, neither I of don't you know guys know these fucking bands because they were popular when I was a kid. These are very old, like, 90s bands. I feel like 
you know, this is a new era of Green Bay, right? You have a young quarterback coming in. You, you should try and play a contemporary band. This isn't your 40-year-old quarterback coming back for year 18 here. Get some fresh <laughs> blood in here, not some random rock band from the 90s. I think that this tells you, um, just like the music for insurance commercials tells you who they're trying to get, I think this tells you about um, uh, who owns Packers. Right. These are all like the 70-year-old grumps who hate the idea of Jordan Love being their quarterback and maybe the, the what is it, the Stone Temple Pilots? I love that you've never even heard of the Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> it's because their fan base is from the Stone Age. That's clearly what they're trying to tell you. Collective soul. Well, it's Craig. You know how it's like when we were growing up, why would, wow, you know, respect to Tom Petty and Bruce Springsteen, but wow, they have like old bands for old people. And then they're like, oh, glad they're doing cool people now, like Eminem. And, uh, oh, I'm old. I'm old. Trey and Snoop Dogg, like, I'm old. Those guys are in their 60s. I don't like the idea of this Jordan Love starting for us, but boy, do I love the Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> I might have to head over there. It's actually insanely spot on. <laughs> All I need to know is if they... Do, do they have a version of Start Me Up that they can play? I got to say, hi, Vincent. If, if you'll have me, I'd like to take the passenger seat next to you on the Jordan Love Express. <laughs> oh, the, dude. the take, It's not filling up like the George Pickens bandwagon. Okay. We got plenty of All tickets. Right, we're going to have a sale soon. All right. You guys want to do some emails? The love train. Emails. Is what we're calling it. The love train. <laughs> People of the world. The love boat. That was a show, Greg. I know. Born. I know about okay. Love Boat. Just because I don't know Stone Temple Pilots doesn't mean I don't know very popular television shows. Okay. Oh, it's from Jay. 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 Hey, guys. After hearing you guys mention Taysom Hill, I remembered a funny story from college that I thought I'd share. Back in 2015, Taysom Hill and I were both interviewing for the same summer oh, internship. Oh, wow. We both went to the company's office for a second round job interview. We'd like a super day. Taysom had had a season-ending foot injury in 2015 that he was still recovering from, so he was hobbled in person. But the prior year, BYU completely smoked my University of Texas Longhorns. They beat us 41-7, to and Taysom had four touchdowns, three alone just from rushing. Fast forward to the job interview. There's a happy hour event the day before, and this is in Dallas, so the office is just full of Big 12 school alumni. And all the managers, everyone hiring, everyone who works there, all they want to talk about is that I think they think it's funny that I went to Texas and Texas got smoked by Taysom Hill and Taysom Hill's standing right here and they made fun of me for two hours and I didn't even get the chance to talk about why I was qualified for the job. I'm convinced that like the, the reasons why people get jobs, like 80% of it is if if you went to the same college as the person interviewing you, you're you're good, you're in. That's <laughs> oh, just how 100%. it works. That's how the world works, Craig. So you know. Well, obviously, at like the high level, like if you went to an Ivy, that definitely helps. But I just feel like two dudes who are just like, you went to Michigan? I like this guy. And that's kind of it. <laughs> what the what? What internship was this? That's what I want to know. What? Uh, I think it was private equity. Oh, uh, was it? So this guy didn't get the job? Is that what we're learning? Yes, he got. He did not get the job. No, he did not get and the job. And Taysom Hill did not either, or did Taysom Hill? I I mean, I, I assume not. I feel like we'd know that. Okay. Then again, who knows? We should check his link. Just one more thing that he does for the Saints is all the private equity stuff that they, they need. Yeah, he handles all the investment banking for New Orleans. Yeah, another job that he like is listed at but doesn't actually do. This explains why Craft Sean Payton loves him so much, I think. Handles his money. Yeah. All right, this is from Dano B. Dano. Which is another Dan. Dan. As a 49-year-old listener, I may, I may be out of your <laughs> usual demographic. Hell yeah. When you guys are going through your pre-internet problems, no one talked about playing fantasy football before the internet. Oh, yeah. Bill talks about this a lot. Yeah. My home league is going into our 26th year. Before the web, I would have my daily news and newsday papers at my desk on Monday morning, and I did not do any work until all player stats were double-checked and recorded by hand into my notebook for that year, and I still have all of them in storage. <laughs> You could try and get an idea of what your score was Sunday night by watching NFL primetime and catching stats on the screen, but no DVRs to pause. Once the games were over for the week, I'd print a standing sheet with the week's results and pass them out the next Sunday at the bar where we watched games. And if you wanted to add a player on waivers, yeah, right. You had a half hour time slot on Friday night because there were no Thursday games yet and you could call me for this your waiver so, ad. That sounds like so much insane work. How and, did people I, do this? Bill used to <laughs> mail the yeah. scores to all of his league mates every week. How did this sport get off its off the ground? That's what I want to know. I think they used to have to cut the commissioner like a portion of the league winnings be just for the work that went into running the just league. Just for I postage. Kind of miss, 
I kind of miss when fantasy required more work. Like it's almost too easy now. And like, you actually can't excuse your job to do three hours of fantasy on Monday. I kind of liked back in the day, even when we were getting started when like everything was a bit more analog and now Mm -hmm. it's just like so clean and digital. You could set your lineup and do everything in like 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Now it's kind of like how all the tech CEOs send their kids to schools that like have no phones or screens and they just farm. It's like Craig hosts a fantasy football podcast. And he's like, I missed when we did this over mail. And I didn't know if I won till Friday. <laughs> I just want to live on a little home on a mountain. <laughs> All right. A couple dad stories. Nice. Uh, Michael sent Mike, an email Mike. about gifts. My dad absolutely refuses to shit anywhere other than his own. <laughs> I respect that. that. That's a class of people. There, there's a group that do that. There's, there's dozens of them out there. <laughs> Home shitters. So I bought my dad a bidet. My dad refuses to install the bidet. He got mad at me when I threatened to install the bidet for him. And my dad (laughs) said, quote, I've been wiping my ass for 60 years. I think I got it figured out. (laughs) Hard to argue with that, dad. (laughs) Yes. Great point. Just six decades of experience wiping his ass. No issue there, pops. Can I get you a beer? (laughs) Wow. That's. I thought that was an old timer. Okay. Uh, This one's from Coulter. Coulter. Colt. My father is 74 years old and he's doing great. I want to be clear, he's doing great. But a while ago, (laughs) he had a bunch of health issues all at the same time. Major heart surgery, a follow-up surgery, he had a lump of skin removed. He's all good now, but a little bit ago, there was a lot going on at the same time. And while all this was going on, I wanted to be around my phone. And I told him one day, I'm going to family dinner with my wife's side of the family. An hour into dinner, he texts me, call me, urgent. (laughs) Classic. The most dad thing ever. Call me, urgent. I call my father, absolutely panicked. It turns out his urgent text was, Apple had removed Spotify from his phone, (laughs) and he no longer listens to music. (laughs) Not only that, my dad doesn't even use Spotify. My dad has been using Tidal for a decade. Tidal? (laughs) I didn't know they still had Tidal. So my dad can't play music for some reason. And I walked my dad through how to find title, then how to find Miles David, and then how to airplay Miles David onto his TV speakers. And then order was, was restored and I could go back to dinner. Listen, Dude, people love their music. You know, it, it, that was urgent. The terse, the terse texts from parents. When it went, they got to learn to use a few more words. I get a lot of the call me ones too. And I'm always like, okay, who, who's dead? Like someone's dead. Um, also, I don't know if I'm just a, a rube, but I don't know who Miles David is. Is that no, Miles was, Davis? Oh, I Googled him. He's a jazz musician. It's not Miles it, Davis. It's not Miles Davis? <laughs> I think, no, I think there's two. <laughs> oh, never mind. When I Googled Miles David, it autocorrected to Miles Davis and I didn't notice. No, I think he just misspelled Miles Davis. Is he, like, is he doing a reverse boomer thing here calling Miles Davis, Miles David? Yeah, actually, yeah. This is a double. He doesn't know who Miles Davis is. Miles but David. No, the S is next to the D. Like, he probably just did get autocorrected. Maybe maybe Coulter's dad calls him Miles David. <laughs> That's possible. Fantasyfootball.threer.com. Please go there. Our rankings are great. Go there on your phone. It looks so good. You can save players. It's fun. Email us at ringoffantasyfootball.gmail.com. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Kai. Thank you, Jack, for help behind the scenes. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Miles Davis. You a jazz guy? Wow, Miles Davis over the Stone Temple Pilots? STP, baby. I'm kind of more of a Miles David guy, <laughs> personally. I was actually pretty into the Stone Temple Pilots back in the day. They had some good, they had some hits. Go look up the song, Interstate Love Song. That one, I think you probably recognize. Okay. Someone who listens to our show has loved uh, Miles Davis and is like incre- like so excited for us to talk He's about He's been waiting for years. <laughs> He's like, finally, yeah. Miles Immediately Davis. go to the Stone Temple Pilots. I'll I'll check them out. Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> okay. I'm, Interstate love. I'm gonna song? go to just. I'm gonna go to Week One in Green Bay and check them out. I actually own a share of the Packers. I'm like invited to that event. Like I actually have a legal right to go. It's like it's like the end of Mr. Deeds. I am allowed to be there. I'm a shareholder. I was do gonna it. do Sw- Taylor Swift tomorrow, but I think I'm gonna punt that for old Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> you might have to give us your review of Taylor Swift at, on. The I'm show. happy to. Okay. DK, get ready to. I wonder who we're going to thank for that one. Mm. Probably Heim. I was going to say Heim. Yeah. All right. Goodbye, everyone.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgambling.com help.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts, or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.